to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And guess who I am? I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. I'm thrilled to be joining you today. Hi, Benny. How are you? Hello. Doing fabulous. Thank you. Well, you know, I want to take a moment and, and step back on this day and, and as we celebrate Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. and take a moment to think about what the values are that he stood for, what the message has been how we've carried that forward. Today's hour is going to be exploring some of the values that, that we talk about today, especially in the lives we live and in the workplace, and explore where we are today, how we got here, and what would you do if you can flip back time. And my first guest today is joining me as someone that knows a lot about conversations in the workplace, a lot about the, the journey of, of so many people and, and what this means for us to take a look at what's going on in corporate America today and ask the question, is it downright okay to be operating the way we operate as a corporation? And we'll define what that means. Uh, Rob Frozen's joining me here today, and he is someone that has spent time looking at the ins and outs of what we see in organizations, what is superior leadership, you know, what makes a sales team sing, and looking at what we call operational excellence. And the question is, can all of these things be present? Can we look at a life where customer loyalty is based on employee loyalty? And what does this mean to have our hearts open up and be dedicated to an organization. Has it changed? Is this, the, is this what is called for in today's world in the workplace? And Bob is joining us here today. We've got lots to talk about uh, in terms of, of this conversation. But more importantly, he is someone that has spent 25 years as an award-winning corporate executive in Fortune, uh, uh, Fortune I think, 1,000 in, in mid-sized companies. He has taken his career to the level not only of, of incredible positive change in assisting organizations, but more importantly, asking some of the tough questions that most people don't want to ask today. You know, Bob, I want to thank you for joining me here today. There are many, many questions to really look at in terms of the workplace today, but most importantly, I want to ask you about what the challenges, what are the obstacles that you've seen happen in the workplace today, and more importantly, in your own life, that you've had to overcome to bring you to this very moment. Well, thank you, Dr. Pat. It's a pleasure to be your guest on the show today. There are, there are so many things going on in the workplace these days, and I think there's a lot of questions out there about loyalty and can you be loyal to your company. And, in fact, will the employers be loyal back to the employees? Because I believe it's a two-way street. And yes. We like to work for organizations that's built on two aspects, I think, and one is trust. The more we trust the people that we work with and for, the easier it is to work with and for them. And the other is to be treated fairly. And I believe those two things can peacefully coexist with each other, even in a very competitive spirit 
in a in a an industry in a environment where we're incredibly competitive for uh, for customers and for uh, making profits. We understand all that, but at the same time, I'm a believer, and you only get there through the quality of the relationships that you have with the people who work on your team. And yes, I have been through quite a bit. I have asked a lot of tough questions of very senior people, have put them on the spot on what I think most of us care a lot about, and that is things like integrity and honesty and uh, shooting straight, not playing favorites, making the tough calls. I don't know about you, but I personally love working with people and for people that shoot straight with me. What do you think about that? Well, I got to tell you, I'm from New York. And, and, and so for me, one of the things that I hold close and near and dear to me is being upfront and, and dealing with people on a very direct, uh, truthful basis. And, you know, much of, uh, of the research that I've done, you know, going back to school after my own downsizing experience, and really studying the impact and the consequences, one of the things that people say across the board without question is, I want to be told the truth. Yes. If you're going to fire me, tell me you're going to fire me, and then make sure you do what you say you're going to do. But it's this in-between state that I think is making people crazy. Not only that, but you used a very important word, and that is trust. And i got to tell you, I think we have a little crust on trust. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I think it's a big issue and it's got to start i believe with the people who are uh, running the companies they have to extend the hand they have to do more than just talk about it they have to demonstrate it but at the same time it's not a love fest you know we're, we go to work in order to be fulfilled use our our god-given talents to be as capable and as successful as we can but we also know that we have to be part of an organization that's successful because the more successful the organization becomes, the, the better the organization can treat its employees. And I'm a firm believer in that, which means that as an employee on a team, I may have to do some pretty tough things. I may have to work some long hours. I may have to do some things I don't particularly love to do every once in a while, but I'll do what it takes because I'm being treated fairly. Well, Bob, you know, let me ask you this question. Has it ever really been a love fest? You know, it really hasn't. Um, no, I, I mean, I can't. I mean, I've, I've been in the corporate world for over 25 years. And, and, and when, when, when we think of love fest, I think it, it tends to be more of a love fest today than it ever was when I was there. And, well, there's a lot of PC going on, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where everybody's afraid to, to say the wrong thing. You know, that's, maybe that's why there's two New Yorkers on the phone, you and me. And, exactly. And <laughs> well, you know, I think what doesn't serve people, not, not just employees, but I wanted to ask you about this. There's a, new, there's a new trend, I think, that's happening in the workplace. And I think it's called walking on eggshells. It's, you know, it's a new theory in management that I wrote about, and it's called the walking on eggshell theory. And if you're walking on eggshells, Bob, let me ask you this question. How effective can you really be in competing globally? I think it's the wrong thing to do, period. I I don't think you can be that successful doing it. That's kind of like saying I want everybody to love me and like me. That's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. You know, it would be nice if they would, but what we really want are people to respect us and think that we're being fair. Not necessarily that we're the nicest person around. Believe me, if I could be loved and liked and be fair, that'd be a wonderful combination. But you've got to be able 
to deal with problems, issues, opportunities directly. And don't be so afraid about saying things that are true, that need to be addressed. Actually, I think it's a breath of fresh air to hear it. What do you make of the level of fear that some people claim is prominent in organizations these days? And the reason I bring that up is it's this level of fear that actually keeps people from holding uh, a lot of what they know close to the vest and, more importantly, not speaking out when they really could help improve a team. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when I published Kiss Theory Goodbye, which is an you know, award-winning, best-selling book. I talk specifically in there about fear and how to communicate effectively inside of an organization. And one of the things that I like doing, and I think that the people I work with appreciate, is the candor in, in which I speak and I write. So I give people step-by-step tools and techniques in order to accomplish just, just what you said. I think people are quiet and they don't express their views for a number of reasons, not the least of which is they're fearful that somehow mm-hmm. they'll say something and that might be held against them in some way. But, you know, I deal with companies around the world. And when I ask people that are in organizations where they're quiet, holding back, why do you do that? And when you ultimately get down to it, most of the time, it's a misnomer. When we say, have people really been fired for saying stuff? You find very few places where that's happened. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but it's not the rule of thumb. So I believe that managers, supervisors, leaders need to be open-minded. They need to let people speak freely. As long as it's with civility, speak freely. Hear what they have to say. Evaluate it. Have a give and take. Ultimately, make a decision. Explain your decision to people and move on and don't apologize. And people, I think, would appreciate that. At least they were heard, had a chance to input and influence the decision, and then let's get going down the road. Absolutely. And, you know, this show today with Bob is, first of all, I want to introduce everyone that's listening to his book, Kiss Theory Goodbye. Uh, And the book in itself is a way for everyone out there to take a look at what's happening in your own workplace. But most importantly, and I think Bob will talk about this when we come back from break, what it is that each and every one of us can do, can understand, to create the kind of climate that we want in the workplace. A successful organization is based on successful people. How does that play out in today's economy? Bob Frozen joining me here today, uh, the author of an incredible book. We're going to talk about what it means to stop laying people off instead of paying them more. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Susan Kabalik, international speaker and author from the Center for Effective Learning, has created a character education program designed for teachers and parents. The lifelong guidelines and life skills provide the language and tools to guide children and teens into becoming caring and responsible citizens. To learn more about this dynamic and life-changing program, call 253-815-8800 or visit thecenterforlearning.com. That's the center, the number four, 
lifelearning.com. Are you ready to reconnect body, mind, and spirit? Let's break through to optimal health and wellness at Zoe Lotus Healing Arts in Seattle. They have revolutionized holistic healing modalities. They use a synergistic blend of gentle acupuncture, massage, breath work, and lifestyle counseling in every session. It is their goal to support you on your journey to wellness. Visit them at zoelotus.org. That's Z-O-E-L-O-T-U-S dot org. Or call 206-601-7204. Why do people travel across the globe to see Dr. Nusheen Darvish at the Holistic Medical Center in Bellevue? Is it her specialization in women's health, allergies, and chronic illness? Is it because she founded a uniquely comprehensive, integrative clinic for cutting-edge, non-invasive, and FDA-approved therapies that improve the health of all patients? Yes, it is. Find out for yourself. 425-451-0404. That's 425-451-0404. Imagine for a moment what your obituary might sound like right now. Then imagine how you would really like it to read. Actually, you unknowingly write and live your obituary every day. It's time to be more intentional about how you live your life. It's time to find and create your ideal path in life right now. It's time to be the best you can be. Visit BeTheBestYouCanBe.net for more information about life coaching and the life-changing book, Our Journey is Our Work. That's BeTheBestYouCanBe.net. Are you tired of those negative thoughts and limiting beliefs? Are you feeling stuck and crusted over? Do you find yourself asking, is this all there is to life? Then it's time to do some crust busting. Move forward and feel the joy life holds for you. You know what crust is. It is all of those thoughts that stop you from living life full out. Dr. Pat Basili will be teaching crust busting the Center for Spiritual Living in Seattle on Thursday evenings from January 31st through March 13th. Visit spiritualliving.org to register. You'll be introduced to Dr. Pat's approach to street smart spirituality. Visit spiritualliving.org to register or call 206-527-8801 for more information. And be sure to visit thedrpatshow.com for the latest guest schedule. Also, sign up for the weekly newsletter to get advance notice of guests, events, and special offers. Visit thedrpatshow.com and get ready to live life all out. No other station brings you this much variety. Welcome to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. everyone welcome back to the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by and you know thriving is an important part of what you do for a living and my guest today bob rosen is joining me here today business analyst top ceo says stop laying off people instead pay them more what a great conversation uh to have with you about this bob but before we do let's make sure everybody has the website um, so that they can also get a copy uh, of the book as well. Absolutely. It's go to uh, www.kisstheorygoodbye.com. Kisstheorygoodbye.com. So when we talk about kissing theory goodbye, are we also talking about kissing the theory that says in order to have a solid bottom line, you lay off tens of thousands of people? I think we, we should kiss it goodbye. We know right now in the market we're certainly not, particularly with what's happening in the subprime mortgage. I think we're just beginning to, to see the effect of the downside, and it's going to come from that, but it raises a good question. If you want to manage your workforce in a somewhat consistent and hopefully fair way where we're not 
firing and laying off people every time the economy shifts. It requires the management to understand what is going on. And I think you could make a pretty strong argument that where were the leaders of the Merrill Lynch's and the other companies out there when all this was going on? Didn't they know that these particular business practices could potentially harm the company and ultimately its employees? So if you're going to work for a company and you believe like I do that we should be paid what we're worth, value, and actually be paid a little bit more, then I hope you'll also agree with the flip side of that that says then what we need to do is run a very efficient and effective organization. That means we know what we're doing. We use our people and our resources well. We hold ourselves accountable. We measure some things and make sure we're producing results, not just working hard. If you believe in that environment, you can run a company with less people, and you can pay them more in that kind of environment. So we're actually sort of turning the tables on not only a practice but a philosophy that has been in place since the early 90s. And, and yet what you're talking about goes back to practices and certain philosophies that were held before the downsizing era where it was important not only to give people some sense of security but to give them a sense that they mattered. They do. And I know I loved working for people when I was respected. I was admired where I could be. My thoughts were asked. My opinion counted. I was recognized. And by the way, I was given some pretty straightforward suggestions and advice if I needed to change something. I love that environment. There's something good about the past. We don't want to just throw it all out. But at the same time, there's no entitlement. We can't retire in place. We can't be working with people that get to stay there because they've been there forever. In fact, I was helping a company in Houston recently, and over the last year, they converted their entire company from seniority-based, in other words, the longer you're there, the, the more successful you are and the more you get paid, to a performance-based culture. And they had their best year ever, and employee satisfaction is through the roof. You know, Bob, let's talk about performance-based systems for, for a minute because um, I, I'm one of these folks that in my tenure with Bell Laboratories was, and then Bellcore was one of the first to implement one of the, the you know, the sy- systemic performance management plans. And we've learned a lot about performance management. One of the things that we learned is exactly what you're talking about, and that, uh, that is seniority at times doesn't seem very fair. But the flip side of it is how do we evaluate performance in a fair and equitable way, given some of the restraints of the performance systems we have? There are some restraints, but I I would encourage people to go out and do a little bit of research. It doesn't take much to hit the internet. A little bit goes a long way. (laughs) Reading (laughs) your book would help, too. Reading the book would help a lot because I try to point these things out to people, real resources that you can grab. But there are some fabulous performance-based systems out there these days. And the the ones that I like combine two important things, Doctor. They combine what was done in a measurable way and, as importantly, how it was done. So we want to work with people we kind of like you know, that don't abuse people and don't break a lot of glass. So the how piece also matters. And if you can orchestrate that combination, and I talk about that inside of Kiss Theory Goodbye, if you can orchestrate that combination of performance management, it's not all about the numbers. Sure, we got to deliver numbers. 
but it's also about how we work together. Bob, I got, I've got to ask you, with all of the organizations that you, that you work with, I mean, you are clearly one of the most sought-after consultants, I think, on the planet, pretty much. And you get to be in front of some high-powered people. And we started the conversation talking about being a straight shooter, you know, getting it out there, talking straight. Is this what organizations are hungry for right now? What do you see right now is the missing link in organization and individual performance and, at the same time, some level of job satisfaction? I'm asked to speak, as you said, Doctor, literally around the world to organizations and, and yep. train them, too. And one of the highest requested topics that I get to talk about is leadership and accountability. Uh, you know, and, I, and maybe when people are hearing this word accountability, they might think of it as a negative. It's really not. Negative is not uh, holding people accountable. Don't you love working with people who hold themselves accountable? I mean, isn't that fun to be around a bunch of people that know their purpose, how they fit in? They, they want to be, be results-oriented and achievement-oriented and be recognized for that. That's why I'm brought into a lot of companies to establish that thinking and system around that. You know, what I love about the word accountability is this. You get to break it down into everyday language. And, and what I love about what you're saying, and I'm glad you brought it up, is that, you know, if you sit there and you imagine yourself at a, at a dark train station at about 1 in the morning, and you've asked someone to come pick you up, and you're standing there at this very dark place, and you're waiting for someone to pick you up, the question to me is, given that you're there and you're trusting that someone gave their word and they're going to do what they say they're going to do, how comfortable do you feel about your life? And more importantly, Bob, this is really the dynamic in the workplace today because the bottom line is you're standing at this train station a lot more than we ever did before, given the globalness of what we do economically. I want to give my all. I think our audience wants to give their all to their passion, whatever they're doing as a, as a professional or, or within, the, within the, the workplace. And you want to give your all to a place that you trust. You're not vulnerable. You can excel. You can deal with tough issues. You don't have to walk on eggshells. And people make and meet commitments. That's that accountability thing you were talking about, where that's the way the organization works. And I love working in that kind of organization because it frees you to get things done because you know others are on a similar agenda. And you don't have to manipulate it as much, follow up with everybody, not sure if it's going to happen, have a backup plan. What will I tell somebody if something doesn't go the way it's supposed to? You can remove a lot of that by just doing what you say you're going to do. By the way, that's the employer and employee. So given where we are, and people talk about the present economic climate, they talk about the dollar. I mean, you know, I've just been out of the out of the mainland here recently and the conversation about which country you should go to to buy things, and it's kind of interesting. And so I wanted to ask you, when you do the work that you do, how do you address this conversation that has been formed about global economy, economic climate, and the need to cut back? How do we use the word flourish and economic climate in the same sentence? <laughs> that's, that's good. almost sounds like a conflict of interest. But An oxymoron, I, almost. Huh? <laughs> I do think you can. In fact, uh, we're uh, letting a press release out today that puts out 
10 steps that organizations can take if they're concerned about their ability to compete, potentially a downturn or, God forbid, a, a recession. Let me just uh, list a couple for our listeners. Great. I'd love for you to do that. Uh, number one is always run leaner than you would prefer, even in the good times. Make sure you're running lean. And when you run lean, you see, it allows you to be more efficient. And, and that's an important thing to do because when times get tight, we have to be more efficient. Look and see if at least 50% of your customers are loyal, and that's a lot higher bar than being satisfied. The third one, identify your top three most critical objectives and to make sure you have measurements that show that you're achieving them. And if you're a leader, a manager, or a supervisor, is everybody on your team dialed into making those things happen? Not everything that they do, those three things. Take a critical look, like we said earlier, at your performance management system. Make sure it's fair, it's equitable, and it rewards results, not how hard people work, but results. Weed out those people. Number five, weed out salespeople that just don't make their numbers. They haven't been making their numbers in a long time. Take advantage of that situation. Let them move on. I've always given those people to my competition so that um, my organization has people that, you know, we can count on. It's that commitment thing. Get your receivables in order, number seven. Make sure that your inventory levels are there. Don't be a bank for anybody. Number eight, measure employee productivity and immediately stop working on what I'm calling the non-essentials. And then this one is kind of an interesting one, number nine. Take a look at your business and just assume for a moment that sales were to drop by 15%. What would you do? Well, whatever it is that you would do, start putting those plans in place now. They won't hurt you. It'll just cause you to tighten up a little bit. Make sure that everything is in its right place in the business. And then here's one that's small, often missed. Encourage people that have been carrying over a lot of vacation. Go ahead and use it. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. You earned it. That way I can keep them in 2008 on the job because <laughs> I'm going to need them. <laughs> and, and the last one I'd say is don't buy into that whole theory that recession means failure. I don't think so at all. I'd rather put these things in place that I was just talking about, those nine above items, so that when times do tighten up, you get a larger share of the pie. Well, Bob, thank you so much for joining me today. It is always such a great pleasure to chat with you. You are doing powerful, powerful work, and I want to thank you for joining us here today. Thank you. My pleasure, Dr. Pat. Oh, wow. Check out the website, bobfrozen.net. I believe that's the right site. Bobfrozen.com. BobProson.com. Check it out, everyone. And you're going to see a link where we're going to feature these 10 items that Bob just mentioned and much more. Thank you, Bob. You have an open invitation anytime. Thanks for joining us here today. You're welcome. All right, everyone. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a very, very unique novel and someone that has written about something that I love, quantum physics. We'll be right back. The only who could ever teach me was the son of a preacher man.